Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. My name is Ahmad, and I am your host. It is Wednesday, August 8th, and this is Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. Let's get it. I am very excited for today's episode. You know, in the most recent episode... Uh, the homie Joe and I did, uh, you know, the mid-year review. And one of those categories was most anticipated album for the second half of the year. Little did we know that, you know, a week later, who we both unanimous, unanimously decided was the most anticipated album for the rest of the year, World by Travis Scott. Little did we know that that album <laughs> would be announced to be dropping in two weeks' time. So World is here. So you know that in the Dig Deeper segment this week, I will be discussing Astroworld, uh, among some other things. So I'm very excited. You know, it's been years, years in the making, a long time coming. So I'm excited to get into that. But before we get into all that, you know the deal. You know, we haven't done a, you know, an episode with the regular format in a in a few episodes, in a few weeks. So I'm going to give you the song of the week. And then we're going to jump into the press play segment. So I can keep you hip to everything else that's coming down the pipeline. Everything else that has come out in the past couple weeks that you need to be paying attention to. So without further ado, let's jump right in to the song of the week. So as you know, I have been... Um, uh, putting on a Song of the Week sampler series over the past few episodes, and I'm going to continue that today. Um, in honor of the fact that my wife and I are going to see On the Run Tour 2 this Friday um, in the Shy 
I decided um, to feature a song from the Carters' Everything is Love joint. So, you know, the song, if you don't, uh, if you're new, you don't know what the sampler series is. Basically, this is where I give you two songs of the week. One is a song that was sampled or interpolated in another uh, popular song. And then the second is that song. So I'm going to jump right into it. The first song of the week is Still D-R-E, Still Dre by Dr. Dre featuring Snoop Dogg. So that was Still D-R-E by Dr. Dre featuring Snoop Dogg. Now that, the hook of that song was sampled slash interpolated into the Carter's new song 713. Um, off of their latest project, Everything Is Love. So that was 713 um, by Jay-Z and Beyonce off of Everything Is Love. Now, the funny thing about, you know, them sampling that song is that Jay-Z wrote the original. So, like, still D.R.E., like, Jay-Z was one of the main writers on that because, like, that was on um, Dr. Dre's second album called 2001 which you know still really doesn't make any sense like it came out in 1999 but anyway um and so after the success of the chronic uh his first album like he was like yo i gotta come hard so let me get jay-z to like write some lyrics for still dre because you know that's you know basically kind of like the thesis like i'm still dre like you know you know, at the, all of this, all of this, like, this is still who I am. So he wanted to get somebody hard to, like, really write him some dope lyrics. And so he got Jay-Z to write it. So the fact that Beyonce and Jay-Z, you know, sampled slash interpolated this song is funny because Jay-Z wrote it in the first place. So he kind of just borrowed from himself. So, you know, I, I thought that that was an, you know, an interesting, you know, choice for the sampler series this week. So those were your songs of the week. Definitely go and check out both of them. You know, Dr. Dre, even though, you know, he had a lot of help when it came to writing a lot of his stuff, is still one of the, you know, you know, like most popular and, you know, from the producing standpoint, uh, most important hip hop artists, you know, there is. So... Definitely, if you if you ain't up on Dr. Dre, go check out The Chronic. Go check out 2001. Check out Everything is Love by The Carters. Shout out to them. Can't wait to see them on Friday. Your songs of the week were still D.R.E. by Dr. Dre featuring Snoop Dogg and 713 by Beyonce and Jay-Z. Uh, let's jump into the press play segment. Alright, you know what it is. This is the Press Play segment. It is separated into three portions. The things that you should check out. That's why I hit you with the music videos, performances, you know, tour dates, new songs, anything that was released like that that I think deserves your attention. Then there's the rumor mill and the announcements. That's self-explanatory. That's why I hit you with some things that were announced by different artists, things that you know, are rumored to be released, but, you know, it's not a guaranteed fact. Um, I'm going to let you know about all of that. And then there's the upcoming and recently released projects. That's where I 
you know, talk to you about the albums, mixtapes, whatever that is coming out within the next month that you should check out or the ones that have been released within the past couple of weeks that I don't want to slide under your radar. So let's start with the things that you should check out. A lot of music videos dropped in the past couple of weeks. Um, the Internet, you know, they dropped their album Hive Mind. They also dropped a video for La Di Da, which is one of the standout tracks from Hive Mind. And, you know, their music videos, um, this go round with this album have been very vivid, very bright, very colorful. And, you know, each of the members has kind of, you know, taken on a color. I'm not sure if the colors have, uh, been consistent throughout, you know, all the videos, but, you know, each of them has had a color in each of the specific videos and, you know, their environments and settings, you know, have matched that. And it's just a very cool thing that they've, you know, done throughout their visuals. And there is a little bit of that in the la Dida uh visual. So definitely check that out. DJ Khaled dropped off a new song featuring Quavo, Justin Bieber, and Chance the Rapper. It's called No Brainer. And if that sounds, if that lineup of people sounds familiar, it's because... It's the exact same lineup from I'm the One from last year's album, except Lil Wayne's not on it. So, you know, we, we've talked about DJ Khaled, and he clearly has a formula, but never has that formula been so blatant. He was like, yo, I'm the One was a hit. Let me get those exact same artists on this, on this song to be the single for this album father of Assad, go get that quavo's back justin bieber's back chance is back little wayne is busy it's a no-brainer another one like that's basically what he did now at the same time the song is pretty decent like i don't know if i haven't given it enough listens to know if it like is as poppy as popular as I'm the one, but it's in the same realm and it's a decent song. It's gonna be a summer hit. So go check out the music video to that where they're all, you know, um, you know, chilling at parties and, you know, just, you know, doing rich people things. Um Drake dropped off a couple music videos. He dropped off the music video for nonstop, which kind of like in it uh it intertwines like footage from when he performed it at the wireless festival in London. And then the video is actually set in London as well. So it, you know, features, you know, him going around London, drinking tea in a bandana, you know, <laughs> rapping lyrics. It's a, it's an interesting video. And then Karina Evans comes back. I'm telling you, she is now four for four on the Drake videos that she has directed. She dropped off the music, or well, they dropped off the music video for In My Feelings. It takes place in New Orleans. It features Lala Anthony as the coveted Kiki. It's got Felicia Rashad in there as Kiki's mom. Drake does a little bit of acting in there. It's a really dope video. It showcases New Orleans. It showcases, um, you know, the bounce movement big frida's in it also shiggy the dude that started the in my feelings challenge and really made it pop off he's in the video so drake's taking care of everybody in this one it's a really dope video you should go check that out um travis scott uh who we'll be talking about a lot more later dropped off the music video for one of his songs stop trying to be god um it's a weird video it's a very weird video one of the weirdest videos i think i've seen from travis scott and one of the weirdest videos i've seen this year it's just odd um but it's eccentric and you know very interesting to watch so go check that out i don't even want to spoil it but it's it's wild 
Um, Georgia Smith was on The Tonight Show when she performed her song February 3rd. Um, look, she's got a great voice. She knows how to use it. Her live performances from all the videos I've seen, like, are spot on. Like, she has a great live voice. Definitely check this out uh, when she was on The Tonight Show. And as you know, everything I talk about in this segment will be on the podcast newsletter. If you go to thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com, you can get the newsletter in two ways. On the right-hand side, if you type in your email and, you know, put that in, you will get the podcast newsletter every week in your email. Or you can just go to the newsletter tab on thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com and get the newsletter that way. Um, Vic Mensa dropped off a freestyle um, to Neon Guts, which I believe... I want to say it's a little Uzi Vert song. So he dropped off the Neon Gus freestyle. Vic went in as usual. Man is lyrical. Like, never forget that. Um, so he snapped off. Um, Mick Jenkins, who is a Chicago rapper, who, you know, I've been trying to, you know, he's been in my queue for the longest. I've been trying to devote more time to his his work and his projects so I can get more acclimated with him because I know that he's dope. I've heard, you know, a lot of his songs. And I just want to, you know, really delve into his music just to see what's really there. But he is prepping um, a new album. I want to say it's called... I don't... I'm not going to... I'm not going to butcher it. So give me a second. Um, But he dropped off a new song to promote um, what I believe is uh, an upcoming album. My bad. YouTube is tripping. Um, but the song is called Bruce Banner, um, and it features Mick, like, really, really rapping. Like, like it's mad dope. Like, it's lyrical. Like, homie, homie can spit, and he's making sure, he is making sure that people don't forget that. Um, because he's got bars, he's got, he's got introspective bars, like, relatable bars, like, ferocious bars, like, homie can rap, like, he's a MC for real. So, um, go listen to his song, Bruce Banner, cause it's real, real dope. Um, and the name of the project, um, that is upcoming um, where is it? Sorry, this is loading so slowly. I didn't have this ready. Um, it's called Peace of a Man. So, you know, I, I have no doubt that it's about to be a dope project. And, you know, homie, he's he's trying to come for the crown. He said on this group banner joint that nobody could touch him except Kendrick and rapping. Like, and he said he wants you to be offended. Like, so... So go 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 listen to Mick Jenkins, man. Like he's he's dope, and you know you can't mess with him. You really can't. Finally, in the things you should check out, J Cole. He said he wasn't done. Like you know that nineteen eighty five joint off of KOD. It said intro to the fall off, and everybody was like, mm, "Is it the fall off of you know careers that he was talking about in nineteen eighty five, or is the fall off an album?" And he he has shed some light on that. He dropped Album of the Year Freestyle over um, the Uchiwala beat by Nas. And yo, he smashed it. Like Cole is rapping, rapping. Like like False Prophets, Everybody Dies from like last year. He kicked that to the curb. He out-rapped all of that on this Album of the Year Freestyle. And it's called that because he's like, yo, KOD is hard. Can't nobody touch this Album of the Year. Like he's talking that talk. But in the caption uh, when he released this video in this song, it's also on like all the streaming services too now. He said, 
uh, it's the off like off season coming soon. Or I for, I forget what it said, but basically he alluded to the fact that the fall off is an album and it is coming in the future. But in between then and now, he might drop a project called the off season. That's what he hinted at. He didn't say it all right, but from what he said, it seems like we might be getting another cold project called the off season. I don't know how soon. And then the fall off would come after that. So, hey, I'm always ready for some new cold music. So bring the heat. Um, and he's he's ready. He tweeted out the other day, like, yo, what did he say? He said, feed me beats. Everybody can get it or something like that. Like he's 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 ready to get back to work. So definitely listen to his freestyle because he, he killed it. Um, rumor mill and announcements. There's a lot that have fluctuated between now. I haven't done a you know, this segment on air in, uh, like, maybe three or four episodes, so there's a lot that has fluctuated between, you know, the last time I did it and now, but here are some that, you know, I felt should be mentioned. Swiss Beats is planning on releasing an album with Kendrick Lamar, Nas, Lil Wayne, and more on it, so, you know, when these producers put out albums, you know, Swiss has tried to rap in the past, and he should just never do that again, but when these producers put out albums, you know, it's usually a showcase of, you know, how good their beats are. And then they can get, you know, these dope people to rap on them. And so getting doing that same thing that, you know, DJ Khaled, Metro Boomin, you know, all of them do. But with one of the best producers in the game, Swiss Beats, I feel like this album, as long as it's like an album like that and it's not Swiss Beats trying to rap on every song, I think that this could be a fantastic album. So definitely look out for more of that. Um, Cardi B became the first female rapper to land two number one singles, which is what? What? That's wild, bruh. Shout out to Cardi. She also hit 1 billion streams on Apple Music. So, look, Mama is eating. She, I know she had to drop out of the Bruno Mars tour because she didn't realize, you know, how you know, how much, you know, this being a mom thing was going to be like, she didn't know that she couldn't take her baby with her on tour. So she had to drop out of that. But shout out to Cardi B. Keep killing it. Um, Best Buy announced that they will no longer sell CDs. Like, the CD era is, if you didn't think that it was gone it's it's on its way out because best buy was like look we we're not gonna sell cds no more nobody's buying them so look i mean that's what happens i i used to be all about you know getting my music through the the torrents and whatnot and then i was like look i'll just buy cds for the ones that i really support and then apple music dropped and i haven't bought a cd since so that's just how it is. Like Apple Music really changed the game, especially for me. So I can understand why CDs are certainly not getting sold anymore. Um, Chance the Rapper announced that he's making albums with Kanye and Childish Gambino. So we'll see. We've heard this Gambino thing for the longest. Um, we'll see if that actually, sh- you know, sh- comes to light. Um, but he said that Kanye would be coming out. I can't tell. I I don't remember if he said if he Kanye would be coming out for a month or in a month, but either way that he was going to be working with Chance on his next project. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, Ja Rule and Ashanti said that they want to make a joint album together. So there's that. Um, Tiana Taylor and Ty Dolla Sign said that they want to make a joint album together. I'm all for that because, look, I, I meant to say this on the the mid-album the mid-year review a couple weeks back. Shout out to Ty Dolla Sign. If there was an MVP of the first half of the summer award or category, Ty Dolla Sign would have got it. Homie was working. He showed up 
on, uh, I'm pretty sure he was on the Daytona album. He showed up on Kid See Ghost. He showed up on Kanye's album. He showed up on Drake's album, Scorpion. He he showed up on Tiana's album. I want to say uh, there was another album that he showed up on. But homie's been working. He's been killing it with the verses and the and the you know the background vocals. So shout out to Ty Dolla Sign. Um, Sade and her band announced that a new album will be coming. Always here for new music from Sade. Um, look out for that. Rihanna's working on two albums. One is a pop album. Another is just complete dance hall music. Like she's got like hundreds, I think, or maybe thousands of, of beats, you know, from a bunch of dance hall artists. She's trying to make it legit. So look out for that. Um, Drake was the first artist to hit 10 billion streams on Apple music. And I'm pretty sure I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that was from a few weeks ago. I think it's, I think it might be 50 at this point. I think I might've read that today. So homie's still eating off the streams. Like you're not going to mess with Drake's money. Um, schoolboy Q from top dog. Top dog said that schoolboy Q's album is 90 to 95% done. Now I definitely said that like months ago when schoolboy said himself, like I'm not, I'm not hitting the gym until my album 90, 95% done. And then he posted something to him in the gym. So we was like, yo, album's ready. That was months ago. So <laughs> I, who knows what's real anymore, but I mean, top said it. So I, I do believe when top says that something's going to drop. So look out for that. Uh, the Made in America Festival um, in Philly, September 1st and 2nd. The lineup has been posted. Tickets are on sale. Nicki Minaj and Post Malone are the main headliners. Meek Mill will be there. Miguel, Janelle Monet, Daniel Caesar, Takashi 69 Alessia Cara, Pusha T, Fat Joe, Black, Ty Dolla Sign, and more. Uh, are going to be there. So get your tickets because the Made in America Festival is always lit. Um, so let's jump into the upcoming and recently released projects. Um, as you know, the internet dropped Hive Mind on the 20th. Buddy dropped off Harlan and Alondra on the 20th. Um, Mac Miller dropped his album Swimming uh, this past week. YG dropped off Stay Dangerous this past week. Travis Scott dropped off World. Her dropped off I Used to Know Her, The Prelude. Uh, Nicki Minaj pushed her album back to August 17th, so we'll get that next week. And then No Name, Chicago artist, announced that her next project, Room 25, will be dropping in September. So you can look out for all of that real soon. So that is it for the Press Play segment. After a very short break, I will be right back with the Dig Deeper segment. Let's get it. It is now time for the Dig Deeper segment. As you know, this is the segment where I, you know, um, get a a little bit more, you know, analytical um, into some of the most uh, polarizing topics in hip hop and R&B. So this week, of course, I will be talking about Astroworld. But real quick, uh, as I mentioned in the 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 press play segment, a lot of albums dropped on a lot of projects dropped, uh, last Friday. 
So real quick before I, I you know, really dig into World, I wanted to talk just for a little bit about Swimming by Mac Miller, Stay Dangerous by YG, and then I used to uh, I used to know her, the prelude by her. So let's start with Mac Miller. Um, he dropped off Swimming, which is, I want to say it's his fifth studio album. Uh, Mac Miller has been around for a very long time, um, you know, even from the mixtape circuit back in like '09. Um, he's an underrated artist. Like that's just a fact. You know, I've been following him since he was making like average college joints on projects like Kids and Best Day Ever. And you know, back then I really saw potential in his rhyming. You know, he has some serious skill. But I really began to see how good of an artist he was when his project started to switch sounds like that probably started in 2013 when he dropped watching movies with the sound off. Like ever since then, he's put out a string of very solid projects with great lyricism, lots of emotion, you know, emanating throughout all of the songs, fantastic production. A lot of it, a lot of the production being done by him um, and he's put out a, a lot of great work and he really switched things around because he was kind of, you know, turning into like one of those just like white boy rappers who made music for college students. And, you know, he, you know, his songs, Donald Trump and like, you know, back when it was OK to like Donald Trump and like, you know, things like that and like songs like that you know, were, were for the college crowds, and he wasn't really making a lot of music of substance, but when he dropped watching movies with the sound off, that kind of changed, um, and he's continued that from, you know, four albums since then, or three albums since then, and even mixtapes, but other projects releasing around the same time have continued to overshadow his projects. Like, in 2013, he dropped Watching Movies with the Sound Off, the same day that J. Cole's Born Sinner came out, the same day that Kanye's Yeezus came out. So, I mean, his, his album, you know, played third fiddle. In 2015, Travis Scott released Rodeo, and J-Rock released 90059 in, like, the weeks before, like, maybe a couple weeks before, um... Mac Miller's uh, Good AM album. So, I mean, like, the buzz from those albums just kind of overshadowed when Mac dropped. Uh, the next year, Travis dropped... Um, oh, and then What a Time to Be Alive dropped two days later after Mac's Good AM album. So, what nobody talking about Mac Miller? The next year, in 2016, Travis dropped Birds in the Trap Scene McKnight a couple weeks before Mac dropped his Divine Feminine project. A lot of people weren't talking about it. And then this year, he dropped Swimming on the same day as Travis, Travis's Astroworld and YG's Stay Dangerous, which were two highly anticipated albums, you know, considering that Mac, we didn't even know was going to drop an album until like a couple weeks before. So he's had really bad luck with other artists and seems like a lot of bad luck with Travis's albums dropping around the same time as his but besides all of that, you know, Mac Miller is a great rapper. You know, he's been experimenting for the past few years and his projects, um, you know, his most recent projects seem to be circling around the sound and style that he, you know, is comfortable with. Um, his most recent, this most recent album, Swimming, addresses his breakup with Ariana Grande and how that led him to experience a lot of different things and emotions and how he had to, you know, look out for himself and the the 
things that he felt off of that. And the themes of this album are very similar to his last project, The Divine Feminine. You know, he's a pretty solid producer and light years from where he started. Like, to be honest, his growth kind of reminds me of Tyler, the Creator's. And that, you know, when Tyler started, he was doing all of these, like, like very problematic songs with all the problematic content. And, you know, since basically Tyler's Wolf album, like, his music has taken a change and it's way more creative. It's more lively, more upbeat, more, like, positive. And, you know, I think that... You know, and that growth happened around the exact same time that Mac Miller's, uh, you know, has made his change. And that, so I just I find those both, you know, very similar. But all in all, just go listen to the project. It's very solemn and poignant. So there's not much turn up, but it's a heartfelt album that really deserves your attention. I think self-care is my favorite song from that project. The beat switch and the way he flows over it, you know, is amazing. That happens like towards the you know, three quarters through the song, the beat switches to a more, like, you know, downtrodden, like, kind of, like, Drake-type beat. That's dope. J. Cole produced the Hurt Feelings joint, and Matt killed that song, too. Like, go check out Swimming. I know everybody's gonna be listening to YG or, or, um... Travis Scott, but, you know, when you get sick of listening to either of those albums, throw Mac Miller into the rotation, because Swimming is a, is a pretty decent project. Um, YG Stay Dangerous. Look, YG's album is great. If you're looking for some serious gangbanging ass rap, some real street shit, that's what Stay Dangerous is. It's got that West Coast feel all over it, and honestly, every song really just makes you want to be walk all over your living room. For me, there's space for a YG album in my rotation. Sometimes you just want to hear music like this. It's the same reason why I listen to Rick Ross or rappers like him. That energy, that vibe. Um, YG's flow is mad weird on a few other songs, but for the most part, he keeps it consistent. DJ Mustard produced most of the album, so you know he stayed consistent with his production. I'm not gonna lie, that Slay joint with Quavo is lit. The beat for the album closer, Bompton Finest, is, is, it's amazing. It might be one of the best beats I've ever heard from DJ Mustard, and YG ran that verse. So there's a time and place for everything, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it is what it is. Like YG, there are people who think that the music that YG puts out is some of the best music ever. Uh, you know, he, that's not my lane, but I can recognize and I can understand the need to listen to some music like Stay Dangerous, uh, or Stay Brazy. I think that was the last of his, I think that was the name of his last album, but either way, like it's a solid album that you should check out. Her... She dropped off some new music. It's an EP that hints that a new album is coming. It's called I Used to Know Her, the prelude. So it seems like it's a prelude to new music. You know, it did what it what it set out to do. Um, it was a quick 20-minute project that served its purpose. She showed us that she can do more than sing, a la Lauren Hill on the, on the opener. Um, she got Bryson Tiller on a standout track to do sort of a duet. She gave us some more love songs to hold us over. She's here to stay, and she has a lot more to offer us, so I can't wait for her full-length project to finally drop. So shout-out to her. So let's get into Travis Scott's Astro World. Just a little bit of an introduction. Astro World is Travis Scott's third studio album. It was originally announced more than two years ago, like as Joe and I talked about on the Mid-Year Review 
it was on my anticipated album list in the mid-year review from two years ago. So we've been waiting on this album. Uh, he originally announced it like in 2016 before he even dropped Birds in the Trap singing McKnight. And it had an intended release date of 2017. So this is a long time coming. It's named after Astroworld Amusement Park, which was a Six Flags affiliate. It was Six Flags Astroworld. And I'm pretty sure I've been there. Like, I, I got family in Houston. I was born in Houston. Um, and I I swear I feel like I went to Astroworld with, like, my aunt when I was down there for the summer one year. So, you know, it's a standard Six Flags, but, you know, it's got its own name. It's Astroworld. And, you know, in Travis's words, he said they tore it. It closed down in 2005 and he said they tore down Astroworld to build more apartment space. That's what it's going to sound like. This album is going to sound like taking an amusement park away from the kids. We want it back. We want the building back. That's why I'm doing it. It took the fun out of the city. Then he also said my whole idea was if you looked into rodeo, you definitely Sorry, if you locked into Rodeo, you definitely locked into Astroworld. I'm just finishing the saga I started on my first album. This is supposed to be my second album. I had to go quick because, like I said, I had all these ideas. I just had to get off real quick. But now I'm finally back home with Astroworld. So when I read that and I think about the fact that this was intended to be his second album, stylistic uh, things kind of make sense to me because I thought that he released Birds in the Trap Sing McKnight out of the blue. I wasn't expecting it at all. It's dope. I think it's a very dope project, but I wasn't expecting it at all. But stylistically, it makes sense that Astroworld was supposed to follow Rodeo because I think this album is a lot closer to some of the things he was attempting to do on Rodeo rather than Birds. Like, I think... Rodeo and Astroworld, their styles are more similar than Birds was. I think Birds is a fantastic album. I'm in the minority in that. A lot of people think that Birds and the Trap Sing McKnight was his worst album, but I don't believe that. There were there were a few things on Rodeo that, you know, really really didn't didn't click for me. I I don't know, is Rodeo his best project? Well well we could talk more about that. But either way, it makes sense that Astroworld was supposed to directly follow Rodeo. And I mean, I guess it makes sense why he announced it so early. He just, but things didn't work out. So I want to talk about a few things on this album because it's amazing. It is an amazing album. I've listened to it too many times to count at this point. I've really got a feel for, you know, what Travis did here. Um, so let, let's start with lyrics lyrically Travis has been inspired by like Kid Cudi and Kanye West for a very long time I would say that they're his main idols his main musical role models and his flow has been inspired by Kanye for a very very long time for a while now like there were a few joints back on days before rodeo and Al Pharoah where if I had like tuned tuned out I, I thought Kanye was on the track like they have similar voices when Travis you know, does certain things on the mic, and he is has been inspired by Kanye's flow, and flown like Kanye for a lot of joints. Um, he continued that trend on this album. There are a number of joints um, on the album where his flow is very reminiscent of Kanye, and his bars and content sound like something Kanye would have spit on, like the Life of Pablo or My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, like positively and negatively like positively coffee bean the album closer it has so so much kanye vibes on it like the way like the production and the way that travis is just kind of like very like low 
tempo or slow tempo, just like rapping over the beat, kind of similar to like 30 hours from the life of Pablo, like that. And then it also affected, he was inspired negatively because on the Skeletons joint, he's got like, um, like the lyrics of his verse on Skeletons was like the low points of Kanye's lyricism on the life of Pablo. Like, just like the the bleached my asshole line, like those type of lyrics, like ones that, you know, aren't really that funny or clever, you know, that type of stuff. So, so he was definitely impacted positively and negatively from his Kanye inspiration. But honestly, I think Travis elevated from a flow perspective on this album, while not from a lyrical one. I'm not expecting mind-changing bars and lyrics from Travis Scott. For the most part, his lyrics can be kind of shallow, kind of bland, you know, similar to how these the trap rappers typically rap, you know, not not a lot of substance but fun. And you know, that's not who he is. He's not a lyricist, you know, and that's not what I want from him. I look to Travis Scott for energy, an incredible turn up, masterful creativity, and he achieved that with his flow the structure of his verses and songs on this album. Him and Mike Dean have found an incredible rhythm with how they approach his projects, and it definitely stood out here. I think that Travis really came to rap on this album, and he brought the flames, no pun intended, for real. He didn't just rely on, you know, just the creativity and the ways that he can shift his vocals to bring the heat and the textures of his voice. Like, he delivered some pretty solid bars. Like, no bystanders. He completely ran that verse on No Bystanders. Like, there were some songs on there where it's like, yo, Travis came to the studio He for this album, and he was ready to, like, yo, I got bars. I'm ready to, like, spit. I'm ready to try some, some fast flows, some triplet flows. I'm ready to switch things up. And he did, and it worked. Now, he couldn't have... That, that all couldn't have, you know, shown as much as it did if it wasn't for the production. The production and engineering on this album, I think, is the best of Travis's catalog. Uh, production on this album comes from a lot of people. Hit Boy, Sunny Digital, 1985, Frank Dukes, Wonder Girl, Murder Beats, Tame Impala, Boy Wonder, um, FKI First, Tay Keith, and Mike Dean was one of the main composers. He handled some executive production. Mike Dean and Travis Scott seem to take it upon themselves to just turn song structures and expectations upside down. Like, the opening track, Stargazing, we had heard it before, like, he dropped it, like, maybe a long time ago. It was even in the trailer, but then the beat switched on the album version, and Travis's flow on that second verse, like, completely changed the energy of the album instantly. Like, it, the tempo switched, and it was like, oh, this is a whole different album. Like, Sicko Mode, there were like three to four different beat changes on Sicko Mode. And the very first one that features Drake, um, it was such a tease because it's Drake for like a minute and then it's the beat switches. But that original Drake, that Drake, that beat that Drake was on that had Drake, you know, starting with like a like a hook and then he did like two bars and then it switched it never came back and that that song whatever song it was sounded like it was about to be a fire joint and i want to hear that song like drop that song like it's it's dope like tay keith came in he's on a serious role right now and drake is clearly very comfortable over his production so when the beat switches again and it's a tay keith beat and drake is 
is flowing over it. Like, it's so dope. Uh, no bystanders, like I mentioned earlier, the beat switch between verse two and verse three is epic. Like, he got Tame Impala. Now, Tame Impala, they're a, like a psychedelic rock band. Um, Kevin Parker is like the lead vocalist and the main dude who's doing the collaborations. Um, but he he produced and contributed to Skeletons. Um, and Tame Impala slash Kevin Parker, they've become a little bit more known in our culture ever since Rihanna covered their song. Um, I think the actual song is called New Mistakes, Same Old Song, or something like that. And Rihanna covered it on Anti for Her Joint, Same Old Mistakes. And you can kind of hear that same sort of production on Skeletons. Um, Kevin Parker has since also contributed to Violent Crimes on Kanye's last album. So he's he's getting around in the hip-hop and R&B scenes. Um... Travis remains super inspired by the South in his hometown of Houston. His Houston roots are all over this album with shout outs and contributions from Houston greats. He sampled the classic song by Goody Mob Cell Therapy on that 5% tent joint. He paid homage to DJ Screw on Rest in Peace Screw, threw in the Uncle Luke sample from Miami um, on Sicko Mode, also dedicated multiple songs to H-Town. You got Houston Fornication. He even gave over most of the Can't Say joint to a Houston up-and-comer, Don Tolliver. Um, that song also samples Fat Pat from 25 Lighters, which is a Houston favorite. Like, the production is phenomenal. It really is. It's polished. It, it, it really allows Travis to do so much because it's, it's flawless. There are, it's ethereal. Like some of it sounds like otherworldly. Like it's just on point from beginning to end. The production on the album just gave the album so much to offer. There's so many different type of vibes on the album. He's got crazy energy songs that you can go wild to. He's got laid back, melodic driven joints. He's got introspective, reflective songs. Astroworld really has something for everyone. And as far as the arrangements of the songs and the features go, Astroworld has a number of features, and honestly, keeping them a surprise was a smart move. And they're not even really credited, like in the songs, like like they're all uncredited features. The shock factor on some of them was real; like it it made sense to keep them a surprise. Frank Ocean on Carousel came through with another solid guest rap verse. Sway Lee crooned all over the album while Drake delivered a dope guest appearance on Sicko Mode. 21 Savage and Migos, which was Quavo and Takeoff, they did what they do when they're in a room with Travis Scott. Like, they both delivered. Thundercat and John Mayer worked together to deliver the simplistic magic of Astro Thunder. Don Tolliver killed it on Can't Say. Gunna is somebody who's been on my list to learn more about it. He took over the Yosemite joint, which apparently is very similar to one of his own songs. And he definitely gives me some Young Thug vibes, which makes sense because he signed the Young Thug's label. But the standout features from the album were Kid Cudi, James Blake, and Stevie Wonder on Stop Trying to Be God. And let's not forget that Philip Bailey from Earth, Wind, and Fire sang the hook on that joint. The Weeknd on Wake Up, Pharrell in The Weeknd on Skeletons, like... Travis came through, he really came through um, with, you know, bringing together, you know, artists to, you know, deliver dope songs for this project. My favorite tracks, 
There are so many. I have to say Sicko Mode for sure. It had four beats, which is a dope Drake verse. Sway Lee blessing us in the background. And some direct, very solid verses from Travis. Flawless production from everyone involved in it. Stop trying to be God. I mean, come on. It's Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind, and Fire, James Blake, Kid Cudi, and Travis all getting introspective on one song. It's, it's blessed. It really is. Um, Wake Up. I didn't know that I needed a Travis and Weekend joint. I didn't know I needed them performing a melodic duet over some acoustic guitar, but that song is one of the best on the album. Astro Thunder. I love the simplicity of that song. Like Thundercat and John Mayer delivered some solid production. Travis didn't have to do much, and he did just enough to make it a standout track. Like it kind of reminds me of like kind of like Streetlights from 808s and Heartbreaks, not in like the the instrumentation, but in, you know, how he took very little and, you know, a lot of repetition and minimalism and made a dope song out of it. Coffee Bean, easily, it has to be the fact that he's getting real personal over some funk guitar in a cadence that's reminiscent of when Kanye was at his most lyrically focused. Um, Can't Say, I love how that song goes from an upbeat turnt song to a slowed down, chopped and screwed Houston type song so smoothly. Don Tolliver delivers some infectious vocals and Travis plays off of them well. The the album is is flames, you know. Overall, I think this may be his best project to date. I think it's better than Rodeo. Um, I I mean, I guess I have my answer. I I think I enjoyed Birds in the Trap more than Rodeo, um, and I think Astro World is better than Rodeo. But at the same time, is Rodeo his worst project? Like I don't know. It's tough. I've liked all of Travis Scott's projects to be honest. I don't even know if I want to rank them, but. He gave us so much more than bangers on this album. There are so many well-constructed songs that I was surprised. The album is polished. Cohesive production throughout the entire album. And an album that plays smoothly from start to finish. Like, from not just the production, but from, like, how each song plays into each other. Um, You know, Travis has... Uh, made his name as a curator over his past few projects. You know, bringing artists and producers together, choosing the right combinations to make a dope song. Similar to how DJ Khaled does, except Travis can actually rap. Don't take that away from Travis. Like, when motivated and when deciding to, like, he can actually deliver, like, some really solid verses. But he took his curation to the next level on this album while really honing in on his flow and receiving some of the best production you know, of his career. Um, you know, Astroworld truly felt like a roller coaster ride, like no pun intended, the way that it transitioned um between high and low energy joints without seeming all over the place. Like it really did feel like a roller coaster ride. And in Carousel and in a few other songs throughout the album, there are different like melodic things that kind of remind you of like a theme park, like, just musical, like, nostalgic, like, notes and, like, these, like, high-pitched, like, maybe synths or piano keys that kind of just remind you of a theme park. Now, as much as I love Rodeo, Days Before Rodeo, Birds in the Trap, Sing, um, McKnight, the main thing I wanted from Travis Scott on this album was for Travis to give us something new for him to experiment, and for him to elevate. You know, show us that he's more than just a rapper who can do impressive things with auto-tune in his voice. The ambition 
an inspiration to write a song like Stop Trying to Be God and then to get Stevie Wonder, Kid Cudi, and James Blake to take the song to another level proves to me that there's more to Travis. That's creativity that I've seen from artists like Kanye. You know, and Travis has shown flashes of this experimental creative nature in the past. Like, I would have never expected a song like Guidance before Birds dropped, but it definitely shows, you know, you know, this experimentation on how effortlessly he flows over that acoustic guitar-driven melody on Wake Up, which was crafted by Seven Thomas. He basically had an R&B-like duet with Sway Lee over some haunting synths on that Rest in Peace to Screw joint. Um, the way he opens up over that funk guitar on the album Closer is impressive and unexpected. And honestly, it's the most personal that I think we hear Travis get on the entire album is on um, is on Coffee Bean. And I think that might be something that I like more of. Like, who is Travis Scott really? What is he about besides talking about, you know, fucking bitches and, and money and you know, Houston, like, what is he about? What are his motivations? I'd like to hear him answer those questions on wax for his fans and his listeners. Um, I personally, I do think that Astroworld is the best project that Travis Scott has put out. And it's, it is definitely going to be in the running for top three albums of the year. Expectations were high. And I think he still delivered a fantastic project and a career defining project. Like, he he showed us that like he can do way more than what you know he's typecast into like the man has some serious creative you know bones like he's got some serious creativity you know in his brain and he can put together some amazing combinations to give us dopeness and he's been doing that for the past few albums but i think he took that to a new level here um I think Travis took noticeable steps on this album to be noticed as not just a rapper, but as a complete artist. Like, not all, not everybody who has something to say, I think I saw this earlier, not everybody who has something to say says it through words. And I I think that's dope. Like, he doesn't have to be a lyricist to give us amazing music that speaks to people. And I think that what he has done from this curation from Astroworld, how he got people together, the messages behind some of the songs is admirable. And I think that Astroworld is dope. So, you know, if Travis, he, I'm sure he will, if he goes on tour and he ends up in Chicago, I got to be there. I've already purchased an Astroworld hat. Wish you were here. Like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Houston represent Travis Scott came through. Um, that is all I have for the Dig Deeper segment this week. Shout out to Travis Scott. Shout out to Astroworld. I'm going to be bumping that all week, um, all month. Like, we'll, we'll see where it ends up at the end of the year when we're, when we're doing the awards. Um, you know what it is. Thinking outside the boombox. Tell your friends to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. You know, y- you know, tell, tell your friends about it. Let them know that if they want to stay hip, to what's going on in hip-hop and R&B, to new music, to, you know, the music videos, to the albums that's coming out, to tour dates, that there is a place for them, for the most part, weekly, you know, wherever you can find it, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Music, I'm sorry, Apple Podcasts, like, I'm everywhere. You just Google thinking outside the boombox, you will find a way to listen to it. 
Um, so shout out to you all for listening. I was excited to come back for a new episode to talk about this monumental moment for Travis Scott. This has been Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. Peace. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.